Hello, everybody. Brian here with my producer, Dallin. Hey, hey. Welcome to day six of the COVID cast. The purpose of this is twofold. One is to provide you with some perspectives, some principles, some practices from the School for Good Living's Life's Best Practices Breakthrough Coaching Program that you can use to immediately improve the quality of your life. And number two is to provide you with some hope. Down and I will share with you something from our experience, something we're seeing online and our social media feeds, or if we venture outside, something we might see that you can use to help lift you up. Dallin, let's talk about perspective. It's a great topic at a time like this. Anais Nin said, we don't see things as they are. We see them as we are. The power of recognizing and changing our perspective is one of life's great skills. In this exploration today, I want to share with you two aspects of perspective. The idea behind this course is that you either live with an awareness and appreciation of the big picture, meaning the vastness of the universe, your tininess within it, and the brevity of your life, or you don't. And in some way, it's simply a choice, because if you haven't made the choice to live with that perspective, by default, you've made the choice not to. There's people posting things online. One of them is this age-old saying, this too shall pass. And I don't know about you, Dallin, but for me, there's a comfort in that. But I mean, you could say that about the beautiful things in life, too. The birthday parties and the tender moments and the birth of a child no matter what we do, we won't stop the flow of time. So it's true that both hardship and beauty will both pass. That's not necessarily an empowering or an uplifting view. It's maybe more of what I would call a factual view. This too shall pass. When I look at life, when I look at existence, especially when I find myself in a moment of difficulty, a moment of hardship, a moment of pain, a moment I just don't like, I suppose in those moments, that perspective is somewhat empowering because it helps me get through it, understanding this won't last forever. When it comes to time, one of the most fascinating ideas that I'd ever heard of when it comes to time is one that I learned when I read Carl Sagan's book, Cosmos. Carl has this model of existence that he invites us to consider, which is to liken the time that has passed since our universe was created to a 12-month calendar. That would mean that the Big Bang occurs and the universe was created at midnight on January 1st. And when you look at time on this scale... One of the things that's remarkable is that the origin of life on our planet comes at the end of September. Dinosaurs enter the picture on Christmas Eve. They're wiped out less than a week later. Humans first walk the earth on December 31st in the last six minutes on the last day of the year. On this scale, a human life doesn't even last a quarter of a second, less than the span of time it takes to blink an eye. Columbus arrived in America 1.2 seconds ago on this scale. And when I snap back to the moment that we're in, having been in some state of quarantine for going on three weeks, 
that doesn't seem so bad to me anymore. If time is one measure of the vastness of existence, of course, space is another. And to think about the vastness of our universe, starting with the, some of the smallest things we know, quarks, neutrinos, other subatomic particles, and making our way up the chain to human beings. I like to think of this starting with a home and recognizing, of course, that home is part of a neighborhood that are all part of a city, that are all part of a county, which of many counties encompass several cities and towns. Each of these is in a state, which is only one fraction of our planet. As we know, there's nearly seven and a half billion people living on this planet, 197 million square mile surface, which is only one of eight other planets orbiting our sun, and that our solar system is just one of over 500 other known solar systems in the 100,000 light year size of the Milky Way galaxy. Scientists estimate that there may be as many as 100 billion solar systems in our galaxy alone. And at least 100 galaxies make up what's called the Virgo supercluster. It's just a lobe on the greater supercluster called Laniakea, which leads to the observable universe, which is 13.8 billion light years wide. And when we zoom out from what we might consider our tiny day-to-day human concerns and attempt to look at or understand the universe on this massive scale, both in time and in space, it can really help us put into perspective not our insignificance, but definitely our brevity, the tininess with which we have the privilege to inhabit this planet, to be alive. Someone once suggested to me that the difference between rich and poor is get to versus got to. This idea of choosing the things that we do every day. Do we get to do them or have we got to do them? In a simple letter, in a three-letter word, changing from O to E as a conscious choice can shift your entire experience of life. Dallin, on this day, what gives you hope? Yesterday, I was feeling pretty down because my daughter is, has worked very hard to graduate the University of Kentucky in three years. And that was supposed to be this coming May. And with all of this going on, her classes have moved to online. But because of her degree, she's a an art major in sculpture and kind of hard to do sculpture remotely when you can't go into the studio and you can't do these things. So it's been a really difficult, challenging time for her. Also staring at that unknown of, is there a graduation? Is that celebration totally gone? And I was happy when I looked up today and I, I saw on their website that they do have a plan. And they, although they don't have a date, there will be a commencement ceremony. And they will fill that gap that she's filling right now. Sometimes we may not know the specifics, but just having some general information can be very calming. And that's what it was for me. It's amazing how much humans, myself included, (laughs) how much we struggle with ambiguity or uncertainty. So what's bringing you hope? There's an article that was published in the New York Times just 
a few hours ago, whose headline is, Restrictions are slowing coronavirus infection, new data suggest. And I didn't realize this, but at least 248 million Americans, of which, you know, there's what, 330 million of us? Nearly 250 million of us in 28 states have been told to stay at home, which makes me wonder, who are the other 70 million <laughs> and what are they doing? But the this article starts out saying that harsh measures, including these stay-at-home orders and restaurant closures, are contributing to rapid drops in the number of fevers, which of course is a signal symptom of most coronavirus infections. So we're seeing a drop in that. And so the measures we're taking seem to be having the effect we want them to have. And the other thing we were chatting about before we started recording is there are others who are consciously, very deliberately spreading good news. And we were talking about somebody who's doing that. I'm not sure I have his name right, Dallin. John Krasinski? That is accurate how you say it. Our friend Jim from The Office. Right on. And what's he doing? He started this show called Some Good News. In a lot of ways, it's like a, a show that some people have been doing, late night shows where they're doing it from home. You get the kids to draw your logo and, and all of that. But his humor is just so spot on. It, it, it captures the feeling of the experience we're all going through. But the whole point is to share and put out their good news that's happening and a great response. It's number one on trending right now. People want to hear this good news, but it, it's very feel good. That's awesome. I think the world could always use another voice who's working to inspire and uplift others. Absolutely. There's so much that I don't know, I don't know. Until as recently as the 1920s, so just a hundred years ago, scientists' best understanding was that the Milky Way galaxy was the limit of the universe. What they could see and understand, they took to be the limits of existence. And this is exactly in line with what Arthur Schopenhauer said, that every person takes the limits of their own field of vision for the limits of the world. So by having this awareness of just how vast it is, first of all, thinking we could be wrong. It could be much bigger. There could be multiverses. Our understanding could be mistaken. We've been wrong before about what was here. And it's almost certain that we're wrong about that again, to me, invites me to live in states of humbleness, of, of humility, of wonder, of awe, of gratitude. As modern consumers, we live as though we're the only generation that has ever lived and will ever live. There are all these civilizations that have gone before us, and hopefully there's going to be a whole bunch that come after us, but that's because we're at this tiny point in time. Each of us is like a tiny cell in a greater body. But I think that so much of the suffering that we experience, of the loneliness, of the depression, of the sense of meaninglessness that many people have, ultimately comes from feeling isolated, feeling insignificant. We're all part of something greater. And having this perspective can help us see and understand that in a way that we often don't when we just go about our daily business. As I've shared this with people in the Life's Best Practices Breakthrough Coaching Program, what invariably comes up is not a sense of insignificance, but instead a sense of gratitude. 
a sense of appreciation for the fact that we're even here at all. Yes, on a relative scale, we might be tiny, but in our experience, we're everything. There was a rabbi who lived a few hundred years ago. He taught that every one of us must have two pockets with a note in each so that we can reach into one or the other depending on the need. When feeling lonely and depressed, when we're feeling down or hopeless, that we should reach into the right pocket and there find the words, the world was created for me. But when we're feeling high and mighty, when we're feeling we know it all, we're on top of the world, that at those times it's good to reach into the left pocket and read the words, I am but a speck of dust. And between this, that the world was created for me and I am totally insignificant as this situation arises, which is true, both are true. Neither are true, perhaps, but again, living without a certainty, but instead an awareness. Recognizing that whether we choose to view at all, the existence around us, the life we're living, and the meaning we're ascribing to those circumstances and events can make all the difference in our experience of life. As far as I can tell, that's the whole game. To help you create your new normal, the School for Good Living is offering its outcomes and emotions courses for free for a limited time. The outcomes course will help empower you by helping you create clarity about your future. And the emotions course will help you cultivate greater self-awareness and emotional mastery to serve you during these trying times and beyond. So visit goodliving.com and I'll talk to you next time.